Uh, when you hear that music, you know it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball with Jamie Rutsky, and we're coming to you live from our studios in Overland Park, Kansas. And yes, I'm excited because we have the upcoming 2020 season starting in just a couple of weeks, and hopefully there won't be a Yankee Clipper coming down from Canada that strikes Wrigley Field on March 29th, 2020. That's when I'll be in my new seats just above the on-deck circle rooting on those Chicago Cubs as they try to thaw out from probably 30-degree temperatures on that afternoon. If anything says, let's not play two, it's that kind of cold front. I mean, I'm not uh, a fortune teller, but I do have a good prediction that it's going to be cold and windy and gray and maybe a little bit of snow flurry in the air at the corner of Clark and Addison in Chicago. I will already have had a couple opening day beers at Murphy's or wherever I can secure one. I'll get a hot dog just to celebrate the opening of the season, and I will grab a scorecard and find out who are the new fans in the seats around me, including uh, relatives that are seated directly in the two seats behind us. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I do think that the Pirates uh, are a pretty good team to open against at home because if you can't beat the Pirates two out of three, you might as well call it in. And uh, the second game is a night game. Now, how stupid is that? Can you imagine scheduling a night game, a 6.40 start in Chicago on March 30th? Hello. They should be on a two-week trip to anywhere that's got a dome. They start the season in Milwaukee. I'll be there for game two. I'm not going to try to get over to game one. But on Saturday, uh, and, and there's an open day. They open on Thursday, and then there's a, a makeup date open in the schedule. Why? I don't know. Is the roof going to leak at Miller, soon to be called AmFam Field? Yes. Miller Park will no longer be Miller Park after this year. It's going to be American Family something. I mean, how dumb is that? That's even what they named their minor league uh, ballpark uh, this year, because American Family apparently will pay more than Miller to have the naming rights. Now, how in the world can you have a team in Milwaukee, Wisconsin that isn't? named after a beer, much less overpays to get rid of the beer guy so that Miller Park is no longer Miller Park. I mean, really. Are they going to change the name of Yankee Stadium if somebody gives Steinbrenner family a little more money and call it what? You name it. I mean, after today's stock market collapse, there's not much you could call it that people wouldn't be kind of crying about. The uh, net worth and the uh, market share of every company tubed out. The coronavirus is going uh, rampant around the world. And uh, is that going to affect baseball? I don't know. I, I'm not going to get into the coronavirus right now because I think in another week or two, the major leagues will have made decisions with respect to whether or not they're going to have fans at games, whether or not you can get autographs. Right now they've limited the – a lot of teams are limiting the kinds of autograph sessions that can be held before spring training games. One of the big benefits of spring training, at least in the old days when their ballparks were in Florida and they were pretty intimate and you could get pretty close to these guys, uh, you – easily could secure an autograph from almost anybody. I mean, they were actually in, like, Cal Ripken moods to sign autographs. And I say Cal Ripken mood because Cal would sign an autograph until there was nobody left to sign. Uh, 
And that's why his autograph is worth $5.12. But be that as it may, I'd rather have I'd rather have a valueless autograph and a nice guy who could make it easy for not just kids. You know, it's easier for kids. They look at a guy like me and they think, well, all he's going to do is sell my autograph. So, you know, I'm not going to let you. So you got to either come up with a convincing story or go rent a kit for a couple of days to get autographs for you. But Major League Baseball is thinking about, and some teams have already limited the number of autographs that these guys can sign and contact with play with players and fans. So, like, no shaking hands, no exchanging caps, no nothing, I guess. I don't know. We'll see how that works out. But, uh, you know, I think it's a little bit overhyped, given the fact that any season that has flu in it can kill twenty to 80,000 people, and nobody talks about the flu every day on the radio. Nobody cancels NCAA basketball events. Nobody postpones the Olympics because of an outbreak of the flu. So, yeah, I guess this is different. Yeah, it's easier to spread. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. But we're going to hold off on talking too much about COVID-19. I like COVID-19. It sounds better than the coronavirus or the Miller Lite virus or the Coors Light virus. COVID-19. That is the official title of coronavirus. And I hear through the grapevine that sales of Corona beer have fallen off the roof. I mean, seriously, if somebody thinks they're going to get coronavirus from drinking Corona beer, I think that's hysterical. But I also didn't believe it until I went to the grocery store today and there's no more toilet paper. People have been telling me about this, but the toilet paper has had a, (laughs) there's been a run on toilet paper. I love it. Get it? Get it? I know you do out there. A run on toilet paper. So go figure that out. And bottled water. Apparently they think coronavirus is going to cut the taps off in every city in America. And now in Flint, Michigan, that might not be a bad thing, but everywhere else, not a good thing. So anyway, I still believe that we're going to be able to drink water fresh from our water faucet, the same place we wash our hands now 15 times a day while we sing Happy Birthday twice. I sing the Mickey Mouse song because I think that's better and more appropriate. But I'm right in there with everybody else worrying about it and wondering if it's contagious. Um, I, you know, every day I seem to get in a, in a more risky um, age bracket for this illness. But I'm strong and I will fight it off. And if you go down for the count, what better way than with COVID-19? I love it. Anyway, I think that, uh, God willing, this will pass. And uh, we'll have the baseball season open in front of fans, and that'll be good. So we've tried to really bring this mood down in our podcast number four, season number two. And so, you know, number four, it's the same number four. How do you have a different number four? There's nobody else that I can think of that comes anywhere close in my mind to number four than Lou Gehrig. So there's some numbers where I'm not going to repeat the number and go find a different guy. I just can't do it. Number three is Babe Ruth. Now, yeah, you know, I like Floyd Robinson, but Floyd and Babe are not quite in the same league. And so number four, nobody's in the same league as Lou Gehrig. And so Lou, number four. So this is episode number four of season number two. It's exciting. We're going to have a lot 
of episodes this year, and we're going to try to get guests. As uh, I thought, when I went down to spring training, I would take in a few games, but my schedule got a little bit interrupted due to a couple things beyond my control, and that wasn't COVID-19. It was just uh, some people having to go back home, and I moved my schedule around so that I went to two games. And I'll talk a little bit about those two games in just a minute. We'll get back to those unless I forget, which apparently I forget occasionally, but I don't think I will this time. So we'll talk about spring training. And again, the best thing about spring training is you go down and see some baseball in warm climate. And that's great. It's fun. I mean, the prices are major league. I mean, there's nothing minor league or spring training about the prices to get into a ball game. Uh, For some reason, everybody panics and thinks they'll never be able to get into a game. But the secondary market's great. You can go for 15 bucks and sit in a good seat, or you can buy a seat to the lawn. And I, I recommend to anybody and everybody, do not ever buy a ticket for a real live seat in any spring training game. Get a lawn seat, take a towel from the hotel or a blanket off your bed in the hotel. Don't forget to put it back when you get home from your fun day at the ballpark. But just go sit out in the grass. And when you do that, you could take a tour. It's not like Wrigley where you cannot get in the uh, outfield from the regular stadium, vice versa. You can't get in the regular stadium from the outfield. In spring training, virtually every field, even Sloan Park, home of the Chicago Cubs, Let you walk back and forth between the outfield and the infield. And even in most cases, by the fifth inning, if there was a big crowd, they're gone. They don't stick around for more than five innings. The starters last an inning or or two, and then what I call high-number guys come in. And uh, that's the scoop. It's a great day. It's so much fun to take your sunscreen and a blanket and uh, sit out on the lawn they even have, this is great, unlike, you know, a lot of places, even a sparsely populated lawn, they have beer vendors out there. So you can you can sit down and you can have a beer and have a good time and uh, drink expensive beer out on the outfield grass just like it was at, uh, just like it was in uh, Major League Baseball. So anyway... It's great. I recommend it for everybody. Um, We saw the Rockies play the D-backs the first game at Salt River Stadium, and it's a beautiful ballpark. There's shade there, and uh, you probably hear some of the people in the background, that little dinging noise. Uh, That's my fans calling, wanting to get on the show, but today we're not taking any call-ins. We're just talking because we have a lot to cover today and uh, setting it up for Um, next season. So I am going to uh, try to get back to these people during my break and tell them that, uh, sorry, if they have any comments that they'd like to talk about, they're going to have to text me and then we'll talk about it on the air because I know this year will be more interactive and I want to get people's thoughts. Yes, I know we'll talk a little bit about the Astros. We'll talk a little bit about some of the new rule changes. We'll talk about pace of play. We'll talk about a lot of things. But in the meantime, I'm going to take a quick break, get back to some of my listeners who cared enough to text me, 
and then uh, we will be back on the lighter side of baseball. So break number one, segment number one. We will be back in just a few minutes. So here we are back on the air on the lighter side of baseball. And uh, I'll give you a flavor for some of the (laughs) texts that I get from some of the fans of the show because some have wondered, hey, are you going to do any more podcasts because there hasn't been one for three weeks? And I say to them, you know, there hasn't been anything going on. Major League Baseball hasn't come back with the report on the Astros or on the uh, Red Sox. I spoke a lot about the criminals that occupy the Houston Astros dugout and their front office. And, uh, you know, there's just not that much to spring training. Another listener wants to know how the food was at spring training. Okay, I dwell on food, and I plead guilty to that, so let me just explain to that listener and to some others that... We did go to two ball games, and as I was saying, we went to the Diamondbacks and the Rockies game, got to see Arenado, and the rest of the Rockies are pretty good, but we got to sample some of the cuisine at that fine ballpark, and the first thing we got was uh, just a regular run-of-the-mill hot dog, and I got to tell you, it was uh, out of, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd give it a 6, which is pretty good for ballpark food. I mean, the bun was good. The dog was pretty juicy, it was pretty big, and uh, they had French's mustard, which in my book you can't beat. The beer was cold, albeit a little bit expensive, and uh, the um, peanuts were, they were bad. I mean, they're like what you get at the, you know, the Royals do the dollar buck night. They use a completely different peanut than they use the rest of the year, and this is the same peanut. You know, it's really just a bunch of shells that fall apart and a few little, you know, premature peanuts or something. I don't know. They're all little, and uh, they're not very good. So hot dog good, beer good, peanuts not so good. Um, I tried to find some nachos just to sample them. And uh, I went up to a stand, and the lady said that we don't sell nachos here. And I said, well, could you please direct me to the stand where I might be able to get some nachos? And she says she can't divulge that information to me. It's a top-secret nacho uh, regime, apparently. It's like um, looking for Easter eggs. You ha- you're not going to get any clues from that stand right behind home plate um, where the nachos are. Now... I had had a hot dog, I'd had some peanuts, I'd had a Diet Pepsi. Not a fan of Pepsi. Sorry to my buddy who I play golf with, it's a Pepsi guy. Very sorry, very sorry, but Coke's not even close. Probably more expensive and it's cheaper to sell Pepsi. But anyway, I go down and I see a stand that I had walked by before and it was a Bratwurst stand. But at the Sproutworth stand, they had one of these big, I don't know, tin containers that had, you know, nacho cheese on it. So I assumed this was a container that they melted nacho cheese in. And I go up to the guy and I go, uh, hey, um, do you sell nachos here? And he goes, no. I said, well, you've got a gigantic thing, whatever you want to call it mechanism on there for melting cheese with a picture enticing people like me to come over here and order nachos he goes yeah man it's empty we don't do nachos here so well i guess i'll take a bratwurst 
But I said, before I do that, is there anywhere that you know of that they sell nachos around here? And he goes, don't tell anybody that I told you this, but um, you can buy nachos right over there. And he points about uh, 45 feet away. And uh, I look over there and I go, hold that brat. Walk over and I go, you sell nachos here? And he goes, oh, yeah. I go, okay, it's a pretty good secret, but give me an order with uh, just peppers. And he asked if I wanted sour cream and piccani sauce and pork chops and you name it. They would put anything on this. And I go, no, just nachos, cheese, peppers. Okay. Go back and tell the brat guy, I can't eat all this. You know, forget the brat. Give it to somebody else. And so I took the nachos and I couldn't give them away anywhere. They were really, really bad. But in the course of wandering around the ballpark... I saw a piece of equipment that I'd only seen before in Kansas City. It was called a berry kebab, and we've had a the uh, owner of the franchise in Kansas City that sells berry kebabs. I call them bob kebabs. But anyway, so I went up and I saw this berry kebab, and I go, oh, wow, is maybe Bob's here. Maybe he's branched out to Salt River Stadium. So I go up to this little kiosk. There, they've got, you know, melted dark chocolate and light chocolate and fruit and cheesecakes and all the stuff that goes into a very delicious uh, bob kebab. And I said, uh, who's running the show here? And they go, well, Glory. Glory is the owner. And I said, well, is Glory around? I'd like to say hello to her. And they pointed me in the direction where they thought Glory might have gone. And uh, she apparently just had knee surgery, so she was scooting around the ballpark. Not hard to find somebody scooting around on one leg with their knee up on a scooter at a spring training game because there's just not that many people there. Contrary to what you've heard, there are not that many people that go to these spring training games. Seats are available. It's fun, but it's by no means a sellout. Even the Cubs games aren't sellouts. You can walk up and get tickets. Anyway, I tracked down Glory, the owner of Barry Kebabs, and I said, oh, you know, my buddy sells these in Kansas City, and... She had many nice things to say about Mr. Burroughs, and we, you know, exchanged pleasantries, and I was excited that I had seen something that was at least sort of locally flavored. And uh, so, you know, concessions were, I would say, overall mediocre. Not good, not bad. Hot dog was okay. Help was kind of, you know, they only work 15 games, at the, maybe 30 if they're, you know, multi-team stadium. So, you know, what are they going to do? they got to make hay while the sun shines. And they aren't exactly a trained staff because they never get to do it except for during spring training. So that was game one. We left in the fifth inning, and it was miraculous that we stayed that long. We ended up in the outfield on the lawn, and uh, it's so much fun out there in the yard. You're, like, sitting on real grass in the sun watching baseball. Can't get any better than that. So we were going to go on Wednesday to see the Cubs and the Royals, but things got changed. So we went and saw the Cubs playing uh, the Rockies. So I saw the Rockies twice. That was exclusively... Yeah, it made me on, just like that. And the Sloan Field, which is a brand-new facility last year or two years ago, Number one, I couldn't find Bobby Denier. He and Fernie were not around, which was a first. Uh, 
So there was no Bobby Denier for the podcast. In fact, I didn't see anybody there. The uh, We went out in the outfield after we paid a lot of money for seats, and uh, the seats were so small that we bought. They were right behind the Cub dugout, and it was big people's day at the ball game. and I'm not a little person to begin with. Uh, my wife is, and she'd be comfortable. But, I mean, they they squeeze a lot of people into four seats, and the four seats in front of us were squeezed full of people. So before the game started, we headed toward the beautiful, plush, left-field grass. Green grass and not a big crowd out there yet. So we went out there and we bought hot dogs and we bought a pretzel and we bought a beer and a Coke. Uh, Hot dog was bad. Was not in any way, shape, or form, a Chicago dog. It was bad. The bun was bad. Bad bun, bad dog. Uh, The pretzel was really bad, and the uh, drinks were okay. So they had a sign for Garrett's Popcorn, a billboard for Garrett's Popcorn, which is the best popcorn in the world. I, I kind of pulled the same deal looking for the nachos. I'm looking for the... Garrett's popcorn. Didn't find any. Walked all over the ballpark. They don't sell it. It's just they sell the same stuff they sold at Salt River. Apparently the same concessionaires have all the spring training games, and it was really mediocre. So a big disappointment there, man. You know, you got to have a a, a cart that has a grill where you cook sausage, throw peppers and onions on, got the smells going, and the people would come. That's the way Sports Service does it. They're not my sponsor, but I give them props every time I can. They're awesome. Sports service. They're at Sox Park in Chicago. They're in St. Louis. They're in Detroit. And I'm sure they're in a lot of other venues, but they are good. The others are in second place. So I would say that the ambiance of the stadium in the outfield grass was awesome. The food at those two games was, you know, forgettable. And as far as the baseball goes, it was terrible. The umpires were slow. Cubs couldn't hit. The Rockies' D-back game was actually sort of interesting because they were hitting a lot. But the Cub, the, the Rockies' game took four hours. The Cub game, we left after the fourth inning. That, that had to have the first game. The first inning was an hour with Lester pitching. Huh. Man, oh man, it was like brutal. They had a second baseman playing third base. They had a outfielder playing first. Guys on first and second, ball hit to the third baseman slash second baseman who throws to the first baseman slash outfielder. Ball sails over the head of that guy, and they're off to the races. It was like... It was like a a sleep fest. It was very boring. And so that's spring training baseball. It's uh, romantic to think about going to a game, but once you get there, it's like, okay, what do we do now? Let's just go to the pool and soak up some rays and have an iced tea. Uh, We never did that. But anyway, that was it. That was it. Those were the two games we went to. 
Saw a total of maybe nine innings. Had a couple dogs that were, one was okay, the rest forgettable. Um, so, you know, I always talk about how great spring training is, but I think I probably need to go alone and go to Florida for great spring training. Maybe I'll do that next year because Arizona is no fun. And, uh, you know, lengthy games, lots of guys you've never heard of. You just go down there for the sunshine and sit on the grass, drink a beer, and enjoy the crack of the bat. And that's that's pretty much fun. So we left, went out to California, played some golf, and then we came back here. In the meantime, I monitored a little bit about what was going on in baseball and that, uh, you know, there are a few good things that we want to talk about that are going to happen this year. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about a few of those things that we said we'd talk about, and we'll talk a little bit about this upcoming year. Hey, I'll try to stop yawning because, man, oh, man, nothing says boredom like a yawn. But uh, at any rate, I'm leaving those in just because it's not the regular season yet, and it's kind of a sleepy time of the year when nothing's going on. The teams that are leading the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League will be in last place by the uh, All-Star break. So it's not exciting to get jazzed up about that. I get jazzed up about the Cubs are still the same old horrible product. What will happen to them? The Royals suck. Padres are looking a little better so far. And uh, like I said, we'll do our predictions in a couple weeks when things get closer to the starting line. So... um, When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Astros. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the rule changes. I got another text. That person wants to know when the robot umps are going to be on the scene. And uh, I tell you what, they ought to be. I've never been in favor of robotic umps. But here's what I am in favor of, and I've said this before. Umps that call strikes. For God's sakes, call strikes. If it's close, call strikes. Players will get the, they'll know within two batters. You have a very generous strike zone. It makes the game go fast. There's nothing slower than ball four, ball four, ball four, nothing. And so people turn, turn off the sport. They need to get it back in favor, and in favor is two and a half, three hour games. Strike, strike, swing, 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 anything but ball four. COVID-19, ball four. I mean, that's just boring baseball. So, no, folks, to my listener out in beautiful Hawaii, there will not be robots calling the strikes and balls this year, but give it a couple years. I think next year in spring training, maybe they'll try it. And uh, believe me, there ain't a robot around that'll be any worse than these current umpires who will not let you broaden the strike zone and give a baseball a bad name. It's ball, one ball in play every four minutes. That is a ho-hum. It's a recipe for getting drunk. It's a recipe for the beer vendors being happy, but it's not a very good recipe for us, the fans. So talk a little bit about that, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in terms of injuries. And uh, then we will uh, do the final segment and be ready to roll closer and closer to March 26th. You know, 
March 26th. It, it's just April is spring training ending and opening season beginning, not March. Not March 26th. Good grief. And if you are going to succumb, it's a big word, if you're going to succumb to that starting date, play everything in the South for two weeks, you know, go to Atlanta, go to Tampa Bay, go to Miami, go to Houston, go to Dallas, go to San Diego, go to indoor stadiums, Milwaukee. Um, but don't play March baseball at Wrigley Field. And, you know, the old comeback is, well, you know, our fans deserve to see the team soon. No, we don't deserve to go sit out in 30-degree weather. Go on the road for two weeks, come back, 10-3, and three, and uh, let's play some baseball. That would be good. The Cubs got to get off to a good start. You don't get off to a good start, you don't win in this league. If you dig a hole in May, you're dead, unlike maybe with one exception being the Washington Nationals. But anyway, we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back. And when we come back... On the final phase, final segment of uh, episode four, we will talk about what we're going to be looking for uh, as spring training winds to a boring halt. Boring halt. Anyway, that's it. I'll be back with segment three in a few minutes. All right, and we are back on the lighter side of sports with uh, the last segment. and We do take uh, text and questions. One uh, one last text we'll read. The, the texter wanted to know what I thought about the Astros and the punishment. And, of course, if they had listened to any of my podcasts, they would know exactly what I thought. Have my feelings changed in the last couple of weeks? No, not at all. I think it's ridiculous that they got off with no punishment. The players went off scot-free. Watch eight men out again and the uh, fate of the eight White Sox players who were found not guilty at trial, but Judge Landis banned them from baseball because they cheated. Watch that. Go, you know, if you want to read about it, read about it. But Judge Landis, the new commissioner that took over as the commissioner after the uh, scandal or in the middle of the scandal, from Ban Johnson, he listened, he saw the verdict, and the verdict was not guilty. Didn't matter to him. I mean, there were confessions. Obviously, the jury was made up of everybody in Chicago that wasn't a Cub fan. Twelve Cub fans would have found those guys guilty in a heartbeat. But the commissioner banned them from baseball because they cheated, just like the Astros cheated. Amazingly, the mob the mob must have been in on it because they haven't been upset about it. If they had the other side of the deal, they'd be upset. So who tipped off the mob? Who's the inside guy with the mob that allowed them to bet heavy on the Astros knowing that they had cheated? I mean, this was better than the Black Sox scandal because these guys could uh, follow along with pitch by pitch, and when the Astros got tipped off to the pitch and they'd hit, you could double up the bet knowing it was a good thing back in 2017. So anyway, sad, sad day for baseball. And uh, the owner of the Astros is 
just getting ripped, but it doesn't matter. He doesn't care. He threw $5 million into the pot. That was his punishment, and he goes on. Uh, the Red Sox, on the other hand, were supposed to be uh, punished and learn their fate before opening of spring training. But that didn't happen. And now it seems like the glacier speed of Major League Baseball is now hung up on things that are more important maybe than the Red Sox punishment. I don't know. Maybe the Red Sox will come out scot-free. Maybe there are so many other guys that cheated that they just can't punish anybody but the Astros. The uh, interesting offshoots, I think, from this are Pete Rose saying he should get into the Hall of Fame because he didn't cheat as bad as these guys did. Then you got the Black Sox, who I think Joe Jackson and Buck Weaver should be in. And then uh, you've got the uh, Barry Bonds and the and the uh, Roger Clemens of the world saying, hey, look, we shouldn't be kept out if these cheaters are allowed to go and, and play without any penalty. So they handled it bad. I mean... What prosecutor gives everybody involved in the conspiracy immunity? You don't have anybody left to prosecute. I mean, that's why they pick one guy who has the best story, go with him, and nail the other guy to the wall. Not in Major League Baseball. They gave anybody and everybody immunity, and I think that's why a few guys are upset and voiced it. But by and large, I think most everybody knew they were cheating, and who cares? They don't get beaned, and if they do get beaned, uh, the person throwing the beanball is going to get more punishment than the uh, than than these guys because they got no punishment. It was a joke, and the Red Sox thing is a joke. And uh, you know, I think everybody's attitude now is get over it, get on with the regular season, and let's get down to playing meaningful games. Every year, the players get their boredom level tops out earlier and earlier. Usually it's the last week of spring training, but now it's like the second week of spring training because they come in in good shape, they just don't want to get hurt, and uh, they get their timing, the pitchers throw a few innings, and they're ready to go. Now it's like uh, boring, 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 boring. So that's the scoop on, on that. The hot spring training teams have been, interestingly... Uh, teams that maybe haven't been in the playoffs for quite a while. And um, that's always good to see. In the Grapefruit League, uh, the guys that are in Florida, Philadelphia is 12-5, Miami's 10-5. You know they're going to be in last place. The Yankees are up there, Tampa Bay is sort of up there, then Toronto, Baltimore, St. Louis. Everybody's kind of mediocre. They strive for mediocrity. In the Cactus League, you got the Padres 11 and 4. I don't think they'll be seven games over 500 by the time April ends in the real season. Then you got Texas playing pretty well, Oakland, the White Sox are playing pretty well, the Brewers are okay, and then everybody gets kind of 500 or below. So, again, I, you know, if you look at the headlines, it's really been a boring spring. There, there aren't, there aren't, any big signings. Nobody cares anymore about Machado or Harper. 
the Nationals are kind of an interesting story to see if they'll repeat. There are a couple guys like uh, Puig and Addison Russell who are not on a major league roster. I can't figure out why Addison Russell's having a hard time landing a team. Addison Russell, you remember, was uh, suspended for 40 days for um, spousal abuse and um, did his time, came back, played for the Cubs, and then the Cubs non-tendered him and nobody signed him. It was rumored Detroit was going to take him, and then Detroit kind of backed out. So that's not going so good. The uh, hometown team, again, another team that I follow, the Royals are one of those teams at 500. If you told me that for a million dollars, name the starting rotation for the Kansas City Royals, uh, I would lose a million dollars very quickly. Uh, I get stuck after Danny Duffy. Danny Duffy. So, you know, what's the um, what's the starting lineup of the Cubs I can do pretty well? The starting lineup of the Royals I can't do. I can't even name anybody other than uh, Danny Duffy, I suppose, in, um, in the Royals starting rotation. Um, what's their roster depth of the uh, Royals? Well, it's not very good. I mean, they've got some young kids that are supposed to be pretty good, but um, man, oh man, it's going to be tough. I think the uh, bullpen's going to be worse than the starting pitchers. But here's the uh, here's the starting rotation of your Kansas City Royals. Uh, Keller, who I have heard of, Duffy, who I just talked about, Junis, who was around last year and I've heard of. I can't believe it. I forgot. Mike Montgomery was the number one draft choice of the Royals who got traded to Tampa Bay, and then he's been all over the block, and I think we talked about him uh, last podcast because um, his uh, pitching coach, Rick Waits, was on a trip to Africa with me, and he had things to say about Monty. And then Sparkman, Lopez, Hahn, Skoglin. I never heard of these guys. Um, let's see if I've heard of anybody in their uh, in their bullpen. Ian Kennedy, good. That's it. Barlow, Lopez, Hill, Hahn, Zimmer, McCarthy, Rosario. Never heard of these guys. Um, on the active roster, I don't know. These guys are bad. Gordon left. Merrifield's going to play three positions according to the depth chart. That'll be interesting. I'm not going to get into that. It's boring. I'm poor. very bored with the Royals. Um, maybe they'll get off to a hot start. I don't know. They open at home on April 2nd. I won't be there. First opening day I've missed in a while. But the first week of baseball. Now, here we go. We're going to get exciting. I'm going to get excited because I am pumped up for the opener. I'm going to be in Milwaukee for one of the games with the Brewers and the Cubs. Inside, can snow like the Dickens in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but I will be inside Miller Park watching the Cubbies take on the Milwaukee Brewers. And one of the more interesting bits of information, Kristen Yelich, 
signed a very, very, very favorable deal for the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, my God. I think it's 10 years for $215 million or nine years. I mean, what a break the Brewers got with that guy. Arguably top three, and uh, he signed a little contract, comparatively speaking. I don't know why, but God love him. I think that's good for baseball. Uh, after that day, I'm going to venture back to the Windy City and watch the White Sox play the Royals. I put that in the White Sox win column. Then Monday, it's off to Wrigley Field for the Cubs opener. And Tuesday, Wrigley Field. Wednesday, Wrigley Field. And then I'm off to Florida. So that's kind of my first week. I should get five games in. May see the Diamondbacks Friday, the third. And so that would be um, five games in the first week of baseball. Not bad. Not bad. And we'll have some, we'll hope to have some live interviews, but. I probably can't get any. Uh, we'll hope to have some sponsors. Papakino and I, we're working on that. Papakino's is uh, soon to be open, and all of you listeners in Overland Park, I know you're going to join me at Papakino's for a podcast. It's going to be fun. Going to be fun. i got to work on a few props for that, and uh, I can't wait for that. that. That'll be a good day, and actually the baseball season is going to be fun. Uh, it's just spring training has gotten to be very, very, is unfun a word? I don't know. Be that as it may, we are going to wrap it up. We're going to have another podcast in a couple of days. I know I'll get some stuff to talk about, fun things to talk about. And uh, after that, uh, maybe we'll address the COVID-19. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll address some of the things that have happened during the week in the world of politics, but I doubt it. Maybe we'll talk about where we plan to be in the next couple of weeks, but I doubt it. We'll talk about some of the good players in the American and National League. And again, I want to emphasize we're going to talk about some of the lesser-known fellows in the Negro Leagues because, as you all know, this is the 100-year anniversary of the Negro Leagues. So there's no better thought to leave you with than getting some information on the Negro Leagues and... uh, We'll be back to analyze next segment, or next episode, the paltry class of the... I forgot about this. This is a bad class coming to the Hall of Fame. You got Jeter, who is not the most exciting thing. Larry Walker, ho-hum. You got Ted Simmons, that's just older than dirt. And Marvin Miller, who I think that'll be an interesting person to talk about in terms of the Hall. So... Until the next episode, Jamie Risky on the other side of baseball. Have a great day, and we will talk soon.